This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap from AMI Audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567 and find us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Hey guys, Stephen here and Sean Priest as well. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And today we are continuing our conversation with Matt Ater. Now, he is the vice president over there at Vespero. And he uh, and I had a very long conversation that went on for hours. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have to say the uh, the edit of this conversation has been a lot of fun, mainly for you, because uh, you've had to clean up all my mistakes. But um, oh. in particular with this segment, really, because uh, we did a demo of uh, the kiosk, uh, the JAWS kiosk that everyone is really excited about. And I was so pleased to get hands on with it and actually get a chance to, to try it out. And I, I can't wait for you to tell me your thoughts on this. But um it was interesting because uh, the way I recorded it, let's just say it was not the smartest way, arguably. Um, no one would have noticed. If you hadn't you have said know, anything, you? You no, wouldn't you wouldn't. Yeah, okay. Well, you would have if you, if you had broadcast the version that I had uh, created. <laughs> uh, you have thankfully tidied it all up. That's why, you know what they say, that teamwork makes the dream work. That's what oh, it is. Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful Stephen. Well done. Anyway, shall we jump right in and learn all about the JAWS kiosk? Yes, please. I think we should. Uh, back in conversation now with Matt Ater, Vice President of uh, Vespero. So, look, we've talked about the kiosk. Shall we play with it, Matt? Shall we? Because I'm kind of keen to figure this out. I'm kind of keen to understand this thing. And we talked about it before we started. And you said, I'm not going to teach you how to use this, which is actually right up my street because I never learn anything by being taught. So... That tells you all you need to know about my education. Uh, so I plug but in the head. But you're trying to learn Braille. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I really should read a book at some point on actually learning as opposed should to just I, trying to. Should I give you a grade two symbol and see if you know it? Please don't. Okay. Please, please don't All do right. that. That's very embarrassing at the moment. Um, I think I can do the SH. I think that's about it. Is it SH? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's one. Yeah. What is it? I can't remember. It's All like right. an S I think with an H I think it's like to. 146, I'm going to guess. Let's just say it is. Right, uh, let's plug in this. So I, I plug in, so I've got the Someone, kiosk in front of me. Someone's going to correct us. You yeah, know, I know, right. I know. And what is SH by itself? Uh, S? I think it's shall, but I'm guessing on that. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, yeah, yeah, because that's right. Some two, words have got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, like I say, I have, I'm so happy on grade one. I've got my grade one book. <laughs> It'll take me several years to read, but that's fine. So before we jump into the kiosk, does this mean when you get on an airplane, when United just um, did an announcement, if you fly United in the future and they they actually could, they're going to have the seat numbers. Oh, yeah. They're going to have the seat numbers uh, brailed up. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's it's nothing's for me as a traveler who flies United. I'm very excited about this because they go from like one, two, three, four. And then it goes seven because after the bulkhead, you know, if you're not in first, it starts with seven ah, on some planes. Right. And then it goes up to a certain number and then it jumps right to, I'm going to say 20 or something like that. And it's so that and their whole goal is to always have the exits be the same number. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So that there's some consistency on where people book. And, but it's hard to figure out which one did they skip. Right. So having that, having those numbers. But what I complained about was I need some descriptions on the bathroom. 
And it's because I don't want to feel around the bathroom mm. trying to find the flusher, the toilet paper, the paper towels, the soap. I mean, at some point, it's just gross, right? Well, and of so course. Yeah, it's disgusting. It'd be nice if if they would just – and so yesterday on the flight, I, I went in there and I, and I came back and I said, before I get started, can you tell me where the paper towels are? And she came in and tells me, she goes, you know, I didn't never thought about that. <laughs> well, th that's often the problem, right? People just don't think about it until sure. it's pointed out. Sure. So you may have single-handedly sorted out that airline for people. Well done, Matt. Uh, one one flight attendant at a time. That's how we do it. Yep. Um, so we're going to plug in the headphone. I've got, I've got basically a little speaker here. Or you've got a speaker here that we're going to plug into this. And this is going to act as our headphones. So if we were in a store or whatever or in a yeah. restaurant, you could just plug in your headphones yeah. to this. That's and, what we're and, going to mimic here. And, and it's the little jack that we would have used before that most – you know, you have to decide. You, I carry them around with me because I use an ATM. I yeah, use the kiosks. Yeah. Not everybody carries these around. So that I would say that, and people are going to ask, well, why is it not Bluetooth? And why is it not? Um, That'd be a nightmare, though, wouldn't it? it I think it, there's a lot of security concerns around Bluetooth still today that I think most people wouldn't, you know, most businesses don't want to do it. It doesn't mean down the road that technology won't change. Um, why is it you just, just use a speaker? Well, if you're in a loud restaurant, like a, um, a quick service restaurant, you probably don't want, you know, the talking part to drive the experience for everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody else gets to hear what you're ordering too. Where's yeah. the privacy in that? Um, and then there's, of course, some kiosk scenarios where you want privacy. You may want to blank the screen. You may want to not make sure everybody can hear it. Well, an so, ATM is a perfect example of that. Right, exactly. So... In, in those scenarios, you have to be really careful. If you're putting in a tip, if you're putting in your pen, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to process your ATM card, you, you don't want all that stuff spoken out loud. Although there is that little device I was telling people about on the show, the 12 South Airfly. Have you heard about that? No. Mm -hmm. So basically, you hook it up with your AirPods, and it's for flying. So you can plug oh, this I have little device I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, into yeah. the 3.5 mil headphone jack on an airplane. Yep. But you could equally use it on an ATM. You could equally use it on yep. this and still use your AirPods. Yes. So that's one way to do it. But, yeah, but you most just people, have, it's yeah. one more thing in your pocket. So it doesn't exactly. matter if it's if that's what you prefer, then bring those. You know, I just think that for the foreseeable future, we're still going to be using a 3.5 millimeter jack. Listen, we are developing here at Double Tap. I will admit this is not something we're, we're going to sell, but it is something we're suggesting people do is create the blind box. And in the blind box, you should have a number of things. And I think we've just added another item, which is the 3.5 mil single ear headphone jack, because that is, of course, part of the blind uniform. And you can get them on Amazon for a dollar. Yeah, they're nothing. I have a bag in my in my bag with the kiosk with 20 in a bag for $20. There you go. So, you know, you can get you can get these things. Well, you go on a tourist bus at some point, you'll probably get one given to you. Oh, here in London, on those uh, double deck buses yeah. that are the what do you guys call those things? The, um, the I guess you call them tour buses. Yeah, the they hand you those to listen to the description of of where you're going. And I ended up with like four pairs because it was me, my wife, and my two girls, and they didn't want them back. So I I have lots of them. Yeah, stick them in your bag. Right. So let's plug this in, and this will activate. So this is so this is what happened, right? So you plug this in, it activates the kiosk, right, or activates yes. the voice yep. aspect of it, right? Yep. Okay. So we're going to plug this in. Welcome to McDonald's. 
The keypad on this kiosk has four arrow keys, a key with a circle on it in the middle of the arrow keys, and a square information key next to the headphone jack. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the left arrow key to move to the previous item. Press the middle key to activate the current item. Press the down arrow key to move to the next section. Press the up arrow key to move to the previous section. Press the information key next to the headphone jack one time to repeat the information at your current location. Press the information key twice quickly to enter settings mode where you can change the speech rate and volume. You can also use single finger touch gestures on the screen to mimic the navigation keys on the keypad. For example, swipe right or left to move to the next or previous item or double tap to activate the current item. Bienvenido a McDonald's. El teclado de este kiosk. Okay, so we're going to get this in how many languages are we going to get this uh, in? English and Spanish. And you can just go ahead and hit the, the right arrow. Okay, so we'll hit the right arrow. Alert. An order is currently in progress. Welcome to McDonald's. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. Okay, so uh, first off, I want to say I am extremely excited because I get to order McDonald's today. This is fantastic news. And I think you've gonna, done this deliberately. I'm going to... Uh, disappoint you in that nothing's going to show up. Well, that is very depressing. Uh, hang on, we're in London. This is surely, surely a McDonald's meal should appear well, yeah, in front yeah, of us at yeah, some point. Yeah, exactly. Is that not how it works? Um, okay, so this is us in store. And, and we're kind of standing here just so we kind of get some, some visuals here for people, right? So this is a tablet. Um, and you would not a, a see, tablet you would you would not have see this small one. They're no, going to be quite six small. foot tall. Yeah. But it's got this keypad fitted on the side. Yeah, and it's called the... a Storm Audio Nav. Is okay. the brand of the keypad that's and we don't make it. It's made actually here in the UK, and um, uh, basically the intent of this keypad is to be able to solve it for not just people who are blind, but someone with a physical disability who has difficulty tapping the screen could use the keypad as well. Now the touch screen. Is that still active during yeah. all of this? Yep. In fact, it told you you could swipe right on the screen to move mm. forward and double tap, just like you could on an iPhone. Okay. So, and you get all those hints as you plug in, which is great. And yep. you can control aspects of that. So you've got quite a lot of information to take in, but ultimately we're just going to go left and right, really, aren't we? And select. So let's yeah. um, let's yep. do that. So let's, uh, I'll hit right. Start order. Continue without logging in. Press the middle key to activate. If you need assistance from a McDonald's crew member, press the round help button that is either directly above the keypad or above and to the right of the keypad. A light on the kiosk will turn on indicating you need assistance. Well, that's good. So you get assistance if you need it, right? Okay, so uh, we're not we, we're not going to log in, right? No, there, there'll be two login screens. So this first one, you'll you'll press the middle key. Okay. Login below for rewards. And then you'll skip Redeem this. points from a okay, cafe. So right there. Skip login. We'll skip Continue. the login. Where will you be eating today? Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Okay, Press the so down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. store before because I can't. So this is very interesting to me. So this is obviously what it says. Uh, is this mimicking exactly what is in McDonald's today? Yeah, I mean, different markets could have different screens. But yes, so the first step is it's asking you, do you going to want to eat here or are you going to take it to go? All right, so let's eat in. Eat in. Press the middle key to okay, activate. So let's do that. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. Uh, I'm going to hit the down arrow to see what happens. My McDonald's. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on home. Is selected. 
one of six recents and phase two oh, rewards okay, so three of six press the middle key to so activate if you logged in you would have all your yes. favorites in here that's yep. interesting so let's go back up my McDo mcdonald's left. menu press the right arrow key to move to the next item my mcdonald's press the right arrow. no prior sections Keep the current down. screen is to the right. my mcdonald's home recents reward vouchers allergen monopoly lottery monopoly. one my menu breakfast mains ah, two of eight press the middle key to activate yes please now i have to tell you matt a little secret here i only ever have the breakfast now it said one of the things that was so it said um breakfast mains and it said one of eight so it told yeah. you that there are eight eight menu sections mm. and as you move through it said two of eight three of eight and so on so that you knew where you were in the flow yeah right you see, my problem is I just had breakfast mains. So I'm just, I'm a typical customer, right? I just yeah. know well, this what I want. Is, But if you do this all the time, this is what you do, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you would get this flow down so fast because you would just move to breakfast mains, choose it, and choose whatever. Whatever we want, right? Yeah. So let me write arrow. All filter is selected. One of Flatbreads filter. Bacon rolls filter. Porridge and pancakes filter. Five of five. Sausage egg McMuffin, 2.29 British pounds, 430 kcal slash 1797. Sausage and egg McMuffin. Want to make that a meal? Press the right arrow key to move to the next. Yes, make it a meal. Press the middle. Okay. Select a breakfast side. Press the right arrow key to move. Hash brown, 136 kcal slash 568 kj. One of two. Apple and grapefruit bag, 46 <laughs> yeah, kcal right. slash go the hash, hash brown. brown. There we go. And I've selected that. Select a breakfast oh. drink. I just want to say drinks are crazy because it's not just all the cold drinks, but if you went in and chose coffees, yeah. there's options. lots, of, there's so many options. So yeah. just, I'm going to forewarn you that like, and you may choose something and you know, I can't, I don't know that it talks to the inventory. So mm. you could choose like a, a certain creamer that you want that's like, I don't know, cinnamon apple creamer. Don't uh, write that one down because I can't guarantee that's on the menu. But um, you... Well, I'll tell you that we're not going to touch creamer because we don't have that here. Oh, okay. Well, then let's see what you got. Okay. We don't have creamer in this country. Okay. You, I, I, I want you to go into a restaurant and ask for creamer. No, I just drink they black will tea. Laugh I'm simple. At you. I'm just English breakfast. I'm simple. Oh, very nice. Okay, so let's arrow through this. All filter just using is right selected. Arrow. That's all I'm Large doing. hot drink filter. Regular hot drink filter. That feels natural. Large cold drink filter. Four of seven. I can Press the middle key to activate. this list down. Medium cold. Bottle drink filter. Milkshake filter. Medium. Large cold drink. Regular hot drink filter. Large hot drink filter. That one. Large PG tips tea. 12 kcal slash large latte. Plus 0. 0.30 British so pounds. 100. Review. Sausage egg McMuffin oh. meal. 3.79 British pounds. 758 kcal slash 3173 kj. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section on this screen. we did the... Um, move right, you would go through each item that you've just selected. Yeah. If you wanted to jump directly to checkout, you'll press down a few times or at least once and it'll say add to bag or something like that. And so the down, this is this is for the techies in the world. The down and up arrows are like moving by headings. Yeah. 
but we don't call them headings. We call them sections to make it, again, more user-friendly to a non-computer user. Yeah. I, I suppose I'm thinking to myself, I, I want to not miss anything. Sure. Then you go right. I'm just doing the yeah. right all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's, that's my sort of natural state. And you state. can increase quantity that way, too. Well, that's even better. Right. Let's, let's see where we're at. Sausage and Egg McMuffin, 430K. Okay. Customize Sausage and Egg McMuffin. Press the middle key oh, to activate. Interesting. Hash brown. What? Modify hash brown. Press the middle key to add. Large latte. Plus. Modify large latte. Press let's, the middle key to activate. So let's hit modify. Select a breakfast drink. Press the right arrow key to move to the next item. Press the down arrow key. All filter is large hot drink filter. Yeah, like Two of seven. It. Press the so middle key to back. activate. So I'm going to suggest. No more sections. The current screen is select a breakfast drink. The current item is large hot drink fill, regular hot drink filter, large cold drink filled, medium bottled milkshake, large PG to large latte. Review sausage egg McMuffin meal 3.79 British pounds 758 kcal. Sausage and egg McMuffin hash brown 130 large latte. Add sausage egg McMuffin meal to your order. Press the middle key to activate. Yep, let's do that. Item added to bag. Item price is 3.79 British pounds. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to it's move to the next deal, item. Really Press the down arrow key to skip to the next section food. on this screen. That same order you just did, if you did this a few times, you're in like two minutes to get that done. Yeah. You know, because you're not going through that whole process. And if you had logged in... It would have said, this is what you've ordered in the past. Do you want it again? Do you want it again? Right. Yeah, and that is, that is superb. Right. And, and that's something which obviously you can do if you're sighted. It speeds the whole process up. Yeah. And if there's a line, which we've all seen before, a queue, mm. uh, you know, you don't have to wait in it. But you'll go to some restaurants today where there's nobody taking orders. And this is what, you're, this is what you do. The, the people at the counter are fulfilling to go orders from Uber Eats and whatever delivery services that exist. And so, you know, you'll see bags and bags up on the counter, but they're not, you know, doing it for, you know, people in the restaurant. They're doing it for all the people who are um, uh, getting the food delivered. The The other thing is that a restaurant will go all the way through. If they, each restaurant's different, they could have, um, Table service added to it. Go ahead and swipe to the right. To the next item. On the screen, yeah? Yeah. Continue. Double tap the screen with one finger to activate. Now, what you just got was a different instruction, a, a different instruction yeah. based on the input method. So if you'd used the keypad, it would have said press the middle key to activate. But because you touched the screen, the and but the middle key will still work. So go ahead and press the middle key. Let's press the middle key. McDonald's menu. Press the right arrow key to so move to the, the next item. Press the, the down arrow key so, to skip to the next section on this screen. As you got used to when to press right, when to press down, and when to press middle, you kind of get used to that to the point that you just scroll through it. Well, that, that's how I felt. I mean, at first I was a little bit hesitant, but very quickly I just thought, this makes so much sense. I mean, how wrong can you go? We're talking about a right arrow. And, and to be fair, you're not going to miss anything if you do it that way. So, you know, I'm just going to go in there and whack away at the right arrow until I get what I want. 
And like you say, once you start to use this, once you start getting into the habit of using it, you'll find those shortcuts. It's like, I mean, it is a screen reader, but I mean, it's like a screen reader learning process. You know, you go to a website and you arrow through to figure out where everything is. And then suddenly you realize, oh, that's a heading and that's a heading. And I could quickly jump here and I could do this. And then the next time you're there, you, you just cut that H. time down. Yep. Yeah. You're just, you're just, you're just learning as you, as you go. For us, it's all like, it's always a discovery, isn't it? It's always a land of discovery. Um, it's, it's, I, I tried to explain this to someone once when they were asking me why, when I was asked by a sighted friend to download an app to play with. I said, okay, give me about half an hour and I'll come back to you. And he said, no, you just open the app and hit the button. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need to know where everything is. I want to go through the app and figure out where everything is. Maybe there's a login process. Maybe there's a sign up or, you know, once I've got the app up and running, I need to figure out where all the buttons are. So I've got a sense of what I'm looking at. And or also a really, just want to get to really know it. critical button that's unlabeled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's right. And I wouldn't know that without spending that time. So sure. yep. th these are the things. Um, this is very exciting. So you're here in the UK to roll or to, to start the process of getting this rolled out. And obviously McDonald's is one of their clients. Yeah. And I, when I say that I'm working on kiosks, not necessarily McDonald's specific while I'm here. Hmm. I brought the McDonald's one because I thought you'd have fun with it. I'm, I'm loving um, it, literally. But, you know, it. it could be healthcare check-in. It yep. could be a train station ticket process. Um, it, it, an example in the U.S. is that, you know, we have um, places where you go get your blood drawn, right? And you go in because you have an appointment at 2 o'clock and you go sit in the lobby. And if you don't check in on the kiosk, they never call your name. There's nobody yeah. behind a counter. It's just a machine you have to check in on. And then eventually they'll call your name because you're there for the appointment. And then you go get your blood drawn, you leave. Well, if you didn't have an accessible experience, you could sit in the lobby all day. Now, I, I know that you're kind of used to that in uh, uh, British healthcare um, uh, or Canadian healthcare, depending on where in the world you live. You know, But I'm kind of expecting to come and go, right? I want to get it done, get out of there. You're you're used to a very different you're used to a very different uh, option when it comes to healthcare in this country. Uh, here it's uh, turn up, wait to die. Uh, that is how it works, and uh, that's if you're lucky. Um, I want to ask you about this kiosk though, because this has raised some interesting questions, and I've had listeners getting in touch with me. Uh, I think getting the slightly, but perhaps the wrong end of the stick on this, but it did raise an interesting question. You said earlier that for this kind of this kind of kiosk, for this kind of tablet, for this kind of design, whatever, however you want to describe it, you didn't want to go down the voiceover or the talkback route. You wanted to create something which you could be a little bit more custom with. And in your case, you've got all the experience of doing that. Could this become a screen reader on a smartphone? So it could it, yeah. Um, but would someone want to pay for it? Probably no. Um, you know, talk back and voiceover, get the job done, right? And they've done a really good job for a phone user. Um, what, because I have listeners getting in touch saying, hey, hang on, this this JAWS for kiosk thing sounds like it's JAWS on Android, right? So does that mean JAWS runs on Android? It it does on this in, in a kiosk mode. We've We've not set back and... You know, we have all the features that, that TalkBack would have, but then a lot more specifically for a kiosk environment. Um, could it be used by somebody? 
Yeah. I mean, I guess in theory, we've not gone down the path of saying that's what we want to do and that's what we're marketing towards, partially because we don't think um, our model is built around that today. You know, when especially when there's something free on the phone itself. Mm. I, I mean, for me, from a business perspective, you know, because we're always, in, in our case, we're doing it for business, right? Um, we've not s- sat down and figured out a model that would work for a consumer, for home. You know, for a business doing this because of accessibility, we have a model for it. Um, it's a mix of, of support. It's a mix of what's the right cost model and those kind of things. And what are all the things we would have to add? Um, phone users are way more demanding, you know, than getting something running like this. And you, you know, you basically are supporting it once a year kind of thing. Yeah, because it's a walled garden to some degree. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's locked down. You can't go anywhere. You're in one app. Yeah. Okay. It's way easier for me to take this, get it done and and move on. We did a, we did a payment device recently that's rolling out in Canada and so it's one of those devices where you can you're at the table and you can put your card in and and pay with and and jaws for androids on that um you don't know that because it just speaks right it does everything that you should do but it's walled into that one app and you know there's a lot of apis that drive that user experience for the user because you you have a, a merchant who's trying to run this product um and support their customers so i don't, I don't know that we've you know, figured out if we need to go to that space, but you know, we can't do Apple. We already know that. And yeah. and there's not a reason to do it. But the question is why would we need to do Android if if Talkback is there? Well it's an interesting question. I mean I suppose it's hard to answer that because we don't have JAWS to play with. I mean it's difficult to have that chat, but we can have the conversation around JAWS versus Narrator, for example, which you could argue, based on what you've just said, you could close down your business tomorrow and say, well, you've got Narrator now, so good luck, everybody. Uh, But you're not going to do that, right? Because JAWS serves a different purpose. And perhaps maybe that's the argument, that perhaps JAWS can do something more, can bring something more professional, almost like a top-back pro approach to to Android, if you get what I mean. Yeah, but then, you know, what comes along with it is all the inaccessibility of all the apps. Yeah. And, you know, what we're doing, and there's more apps in that than there are in workplaces, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, I, it, and, and workplaces are used to doing scripting or customizations or contacting with us to, to do scripting or, or, you know, in this country, Blazy um, uh, does some scripting and some other people do scripting here in the, in the UK. You know, they're used to doing that kind of stuff, right? Um, do we need to be doing that for the thousands of apps? And then, you know, what what comes, I mean, just an app model of support is going to be different than a desktop support. It just is. When, you know, 90% of what you're using is Office or, or Google Apps um, on a desktop, and then you're using websites, and most people know that it's up to the website to be more accessible. I'm not saying we're not opposed to that in the future, but right now our our models very very much towards the public accommodation, meaning a, a, the the business space. So great demo of the jaws kiosk there from Matt Ater and me having a. I'll do it again. Hang on. So a demo there of the uh, JAWS kiosk as I have been talking to Matt Ater today from Vespero. Uh, are you hungry, Sean? Yes, I am now, obviously. (laughs) 
Wasn't that cool, though? I mean, it made total sense to me. It just seems so familiar. Yeah, I must admit, at the moment when we were recording that, I was feeling as if, are pe- you know, would people understand this? Would it make sense? And then when I was listening to the conversation back, I thought, yeah, actually, do you know what this does? I can follow this. And what Matt said was absolutely right. You know, we as we do with everything, frankly, as blind people, you get used to things. So, you know, you get used to how many, you know, hits of that down arrow I'm going to have to make to get to the breakfast section or the absolutely. coffee section. Yeah. I was thinking, because you mentioned the cues and the lines for me, because you think, oh, wow, you know, if people are waiting to use this after me. But you know what? If you use this two, three, four times, I think you could power through it, definitely. Mm. And it definitely quicker for us uh, of, of screen reader users. You're going to be, okay, I know the concepts behind this. Yeah, it was cool. I just love the idea of being able to just go through the menu and know what's there. And, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. especially with a, a, you know, McDonald's or KFC or whoever it is, Tim Hortons, whichever one you go to. Well Thank you. They've always got new things on the menu. There's always something new coming along. And sometimes you just want to know what that is. You know, if you could just get to the new arrivals. I mean, okay, yes, I know I could go to the app. I could go to their website. But that just adds to all the other things we have to do before we even leave the house. Exactly. How many times have you ordered the same old steak and chips in a restaurant? Because you know what? I don't want someone to have to read the menu for me. Just to make life easier, steak and chips. It's the same sort of thing. I am totally convinced that my palate is just resigned to whatever I have for that very reason. Because I I don't investigate new foods. I don't try new things because I don't know the detail. I don't know what's in it. And someone tells you, hey, here's a great fish dish and you go okay i'll have the fish dish and um not easy to say that but uh you know you have (laughs) that food you could have picked there fish but then they tell you there's i don't know something in it that you don't onions or something that you don't like yeah you didn't know because you couldn't see the rest of the information that's why i was talking to him about you know lazy jaws people who read menus i call them lazy jaws you know they read them they read some headings you are so right they, Absolutely. They start with the headings. They do it properly, right? They start with the headings, starters, mains, desserts, and then yeah. they, you know, they start reading. But then they just get bored and just say, they ah, do. you know, just get a burger. Absolutely true, that. Yeah. Uh, there's some more to come from Matt. We're going to be learning next all about JAWS 2024 and some new exciting features that coming next here on Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. And please do, we love getting your feedback in, and we'll get into more of that soon here on Double Tap. But uh, today it's all about Matt Ata, and uh, he is the guy, of course, we turn to when it comes to updates, especially for JAWS, because uh, here on Double Tap, we're all about blind people. We're blind, we use screen readers, so, you know, we want to know what the latest features are. And uh, we got the chance to find out about the latest updates coming to Vespero's screen reader. JAWS, um, what are we up to, 2024, is that... Oh, that's net, that's coming in October. Yeah. Uh, anything you can tell us? There's two major areas that I know of, and it doesn't mean I know everything. Um, one is going to be um, what we would call split Braille. Um, some could be using it for two-line Braille and so or multi-line Braille. The intent here is if somebody's using an 80-cell display or even maybe a 40 when you hit certain context, let's switch and show you more information in part of that display. So let's use footnotes and endnotes, which are common in Word documents. When you hit one of those 
footnotes or endnotes, let's show that on part of the display rather than make you press a key and then go somewhere else and not see the text in line. Okay. Another example would be PowerPoint. There's a, anybody who's cited, who's doing a presentation has not just the slide they're showing, but their notes. We could put notes on a separate part of the display and let the blind user who's reading Braille be able to read their slide with one half of the display or one line if it's a multi-line and then separately be able to read the, the, the notes. And so you have the slide plus the notes. When you're in Excel, why wouldn't you want to see the formula in line with the rest of the text? Why wouldn't you want to see the headers and, and row headers and column headers when you're moving through a, a spreadsheet? Today you can do that, but you can only see one versus the other. And if you had a two-line or multi-line display, then you could be basically be able to see more data. And so um, there's a lot of power going into this along with, um, let's use Teams or one of these uh, apps where we're doing chat. Well, when you're typing, guess what you see in Braille? You only see what you're typing. You don't get to see the rest of the conversation flying by, which is happening while you're typing. And so you could be putting that on a separate part of the display. Those are just some examples of use cases. Mm. Um, the the other thing that I think is going to be pretty cool, and this is where AI comes into play, is to let the user know if they're in frame of the camera. So when you're on Zoom uh, Teams or some other video program, let JAWS tell you where you are in the frame. And so um, I expect that to be coming as well. I okay. should say that's coming as well. <laughs> um. <laughs> so those are those are those are hidden things that I do know that are on the plans. The other thing I would say that that most people need to start playing with is the message center. Um, you know, Jaws can throw a lot of stuff at you, and at the beginning of every launch, you get message. You used to get a message when a new podcast got released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you don't. It's all in a message center. So if a new tip is released on how to do something, that's dropped right in the message center. And so this is meant to be able to educate users, provide feedback, give warnings of something that happened. Like, for example, back in, in June, when um, a release of the browsers came out that broke JAWS. We had to fix things within like five days and get Google to fix things and Microsoft to fix things. And... That was a major impact to users because their browsers are updating. Okay. Mm. And this is the beauty of working with a screen reader manufacturer who can make those changes and roll out a new version. If you had to wait for one that, that you know, may get rolled out with the operating systems, that's going to take time. You know, it's just a fact. And so um, I was pretty impressed with the, the speed of way we got that out. But here's the deal. So if, we've, if we had had Message Center already out... <laughs> We could have messaged that to users and warned them. Yeah, and that's, it was, that's clever. That's, you know, that's really clever. And so I'm, I'm really pleased about that. The, the, the feature that came out last year um, was called Notifications History. Mm. And that's where you can kind of mute stuff that's being said to you and see all the kind of stuff that's coming from other applications, not us. So today, if you, for example, press the applications key when Outlook and you're scrolling down to accept the appointment and there's stuff like delete and accept, it says accept. Now, I know I can just press enter on it. Yeah. It says press enter to accept this and move this to your calendar or something <laughs> like that. 
I don't need all of that extra yeah. stuff. That, yeah. And that that's what goes back to that discussion I had earlier about noise. Mm. And so if you haven't played with the history, uh, notifications history, I would totally get in there and mess around some. There's some really great stuff you can do. And I've, I've seen some um, good examples of how you can, you know, you can shorten messages that are coming in to notify you to something different, which is way easier. Like right now it says, Stephen Scott, email, inbox, uh, blah, 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 you know, whatever the subject is, time and date stamp, whatever. I just want to hear Stephen Scott, new email. Yeah. I can do that now with, with this notifications history. So... I want to ask you about those updates because you must be forever, just forever being hit with new challenges. Let's call them challenges when another Microsoft application gets an update. It's another Tuesday, another update rolls in. It's another day, another Microsoft update rolls in. How do you keep up with all of that? And how do you, do you keep up with the, the bugs that it throws up for you? So as a company, I'll say this, I mean, Microsoft and Google are great partners. And if they weren't, we would um, have it worse than we are today, right? And so um, what most people are realizing today is that we're not just software delivered in a box. And if that's the way you look at it, that you bought JAWS 19 and that's all you needed to do, But then later in 2020, Teams rolled out for the first time to your business. And you're wondering why JAWS didn't work with your JAWS 19 in 2023. You know, part of it is you have to keep your software up to date because guess what we're doing? We're spending time pre-launches of those updates with Microsoft, with Google. Does it mean that things don't slip through the cracks? No. I mean, an example of the browsers back in early June was an example of something slipped through the cracks. You know, and we didn't know about it. Um, We weren't alerted. They didn't mean to do it, (laughs) but it happened, right? And it affected older versions of our software, not the latest version. And so, you know, there's challenges that will always be faced. But the the one thing I would say to people is, is keep your software up to date because that's why we're spending so much time and effort to not just bring new features, because we do think that's relevant too, but also make things compatible with all the changes. And, you know, you'll see new versions of Office come out, and, um, new versions of Zoom. And um, I, I was in Zoom the other day and I didn't realize that there was like a live chat going off to the side and, and all that stuff. And <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. the, the technology is changing so frequently. Every day. And you're going to see changes that come with, you know, new standards as, you know, um, WCAG 2.2 gets rolled out and eventually 3.0 next year or the year after five years, whatever amount of time, time it takes to to do that. And, you know, we have to keep up with the with the changes that are coming with those. So it's a, it's a lot of work and there's a team behind it and they're not just focused on JAWS. They have ZoomText. They have uh, the combination with Fusion. Um, and in fact, uh, ZoomText had some, uh, they have a new early adopter program. So if you want to test new features out, you can do that before it gets launched and and then turn it off if you don't want that feature. And it's it's stuff right now they're doing around smoothing um, because, again, we're, we're all impacted by changes. When those operating systems change, they're bringing new um, video stuff that affects the low vision products. 
you know, the, the magnification software and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work and, and I'm proud of the team. They don't, they don't work for me to the day. They work for Ryan Jones and Ryan's a great leader and, um, he's done some wonderful things. Um, I really enjoyed the couple of years that they worked for me and they're just, they're dedicated people. And not only is there blind engineers in there, there's sighted people who've worked in this industry for a long time who believe in what we do and they really care, which is great. Now you talked about updates, but what about those people who have, and still do, I have listeners who still use Windows 7, who still use Windows 10, and are still running older versions of JAWS, obviously, the ones that uh, JAWS will work with on those particular operating systems. It, it sounds obvious to say just update, but for many people, they're scared to do that. What do well, you say? And they, and they can't really update on XP and, and no. Windows 7 anymore. Um, they have to make the leap. I'm pretty sure that leap. I thought we've stopped supporting Windows 7. So if if that's not correct, I apologize in scaring everybody. But, um, you know, Microsoft's moved forward. We had to move forward. You know, Internet Explorer is not supported anymore by Microsoft. It doesn't mean someone doesn't have it on their computer. I can't help you with that. Um, but the 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 time is to move forward if you can. Not everybody can financially. I get it, you know. One of my listeners got in touch and asked a question about web accessibility and who does someone contact, say in the States, who does someone contact when a website is inaccessible? Where do they go and how do they help a developer find out that there's a path to make their website accessible? So um, several years ago, when I joined the company in 2014, when it was Freedom Scientific, part of my job was to start a um, consulting business to help companies with websites and things like that. And later we acquired um, what was used to be known as the Passiello Group, now known as TPGI. And it's a division of Vispero um, focused on web and mobile. And and the kiosk work is all done through TPGI. Um, and that organization has people who can help with that. We've, we have um, automated testing tools. We have manual testing tools. Um, they're known, you know, TPGI, um, you know, had the famous color contrast analyzer, which a lot of people use today to, to check color contrast, but they also have a team of engineers and in, including, you know, folks from the UK, the folks from Canada, folks from Germany, Australia, New Zealand, around the world doing these kind of services with companies. And, uh, that company is, is dedicated to accessibility and, one of the products they have um, is also a spinoff of JAWS called JAWS Inspect. And instead of um, reading the screen to you, and a blind person can use JAWS Inspect as well, but what it does is I get to a website, I can actually run a JAWS Inspect report on a page, it's page by page, and it will tell me everything JAWS would have said and and then show you the code of where it came from and things like that. And, a, and for the developer, a picture from the website of where it came from. And part of the reason we pushed to develop this was that so many people are using JAWS for testing, but they didn't have an easy way of bringing the content back to something that they could then share with developers. And using speech history to copy out what JAWS just said is a lot of work versus um, just having a report of it. And so if you wanted a list of links, it shows you a list of links, but in a in a data report, in a table with the, you know, what the output was, where it came from on the page, a visual, you know, 
um, image of that and allow somebody to export it to a, to a uh, bug tracking system. Hardware. So we've uh, got the Focus 14 and the Focus 40 and the Focus 80, and these are great devices. Um, what's, what's the long-term view on that? Is this something you're continuing to invest in, considering there are so many players now in the market? Well, there's always been a ton of players in the Braille market. Um, you know, Germany is is a good example of lots of players in the market. And, you know, you have, um, you know, companies in the U U.S. doing it and around the world doing it today in different places. And, um, you know, from a business perspective, it's still um, the most used Braille display by JAWS users. So we obviously need to continue to maintain and support the that customer base because JAWS users are um, – uh, find the focus to be very compatible. It doesn't mean it's not compatible with the other Braille displays, but it, it's just plug and play so nicely. And we also hear a lot from customers that the focus does such a great job when connecting to an iPhone. And some other devices take a little bit more work to get connected and um, don't stay as connected as, as the focus does. So they've done some really nice things with it. And I'll I'll say this, the one thing that, that people like the most about the Focus is its ergonomics. It fits right with your hands. Mm. And I've seen some of the more smaller ones, which I kind of dig, like small devices, but the keyboards were too small for my hands. And again, I'm not going to pick on devices by brand or anything like that, but they were way too small for my hand. The other thing is a 40 fits better on a lap if you're like, on a train or a bus or something like that. Whereas a 14, it's kind of hard to wear around, you know, to wear it or set it on your lap when you're trying to type, right? Yeah, I have, the, I have both. I have the 14 and the 40, and I, I tend to lean towards the 40, but I don't know if it, it feels like it's as portable as it should be, but it strangely is. But I, I personally carry the 14 with me just for typing. Mm. And I would still have to put it on a table, like on a train table, yeah. uh, the back of a train table or, or an airplane tray. But I use it all day just for typing. I find it so easy, the ergonomics of that keyboard. And that's the 14, and I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, we're seeing the Mantis with its QWERTY keyboard. The Optima has its QWERTY keyboard coming. Uh, is there any chance we'll ever see a qwerty focus i don't i don't think it's our priority right now partially because we're so tied to jaws that um anybody who's using jaws is using a key a regular keyboard already mm. so would we be hooking that up to a computer or is this mainly for a phone and i think that's what the uh, what i would want to see is some stats about what are people using the qwerty keyboard for is it more for the phone or is it more for the computer or more more self-contained. Well, I, I'm sure, and I don't think we the, have the answer to that yet. I, you've heard the discussion on this show about Braille, and you've heard my thoughts on it, in particular around QWERTY versus Perkins keys. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily a versus issue, but it is interesting to see these types of keyboards with Braille displays emerge because for a lot of people that will probably make Braille more interesting to them because it makes the whole process a little bit easier. Someone who, for example, is losing sight later in life can pick up one of these devices, use a QWERTY keyboard that perhaps they've used their whole working life and then learn to read Braille alongside it. That makes a lot more sense to a lot of people. Right? It's more logical. Yeah, and I, I think you know now that those have been on the market long enough um, for a couple of years now, we we need to like have a study to figure out what 
you know, what age group's using it, what purposes are they using it for, and get a, a good understanding of that market to be able to make the choices of, of when you invest in something like that. You know, we looked at it a couple years ago. We didn't do it. And, you know, I don't know that it was the bad choice not to do it. But, you know, when we think about that our flagship product is JAWS, we always want to think about what's the right approach for the JAWS user. And Optima? And I think what Audi's doing is great. Um, you know, Audi's been a, a big user of JAWS for many years. He, uh, I actually saw him on the beta list this morning, you know, commenting on some stuff and um, what he's doing and, and to, you know, look at bringing a computer out with a display. And it, it I think it's a good, good choice. I, I'm glad to see that he's invested in it. Matt Eta, great to talk to you. Thank you for spending so much time with me today. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to meeting you again. I'm now wanting a McDonald's. Well, we can always go. It's just that someone's going to have to read the someone's kiosk. Someone's going to have to do the kiosk for us. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, we get, can we hook this up? Can we just know, take I, this with us? Hook it, this up in the store? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I it, I have one more thing that would be kind of fun to talk about and get your perspective if we have time. So one of the things around the kiosk industry today and self-service is, is this concept of talking to a kiosk, you know, mm. and all of this new AI technology. And could we just walk up and say, I want a cheeseburger. And I think it's great in terms of if you know what you want and if it gives the right feedback today, they're not designed to give a blind user feedback the way that we would want feedback. It's kind of like if you've been to self-checkout at a grocery store and it says $2.50, $5.12 as you're putting things across the scanner, but it doesn't tell you what you scanned. Mm -hmm. It just says an amount. And so um, my daughter did a a drive-through one of these where she just went up and she said, I want a cheeseburger, I want fries. She can see it being added to the screen. Right. Mm. As she's saying it. And it's it, this is all the, you know, amazing technology about the voice processing and the natural language processing that's happening and all the AI going into this. It's cool stuff. But right now, the concern that I have is that people think that that's a replacement to a screen reader on one of these devices. And what you lose is all the feedback we need that a general user doesn't need. Or the fact that they can see the menu, the complete menu on the screen, and you and I still need to go through and figure out what else is available. Like the the concept earlier when you're talking about the kiosk and you're like, oh, I didn't know they had blueberry muffins or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't get a chance to go through it, you wouldn't have had that experience. Anybody with visions can see what's happening on the screen as it's happening as they say it. And so we have to be thinking about how do we mix those two technologies to be able to support the user properly. So we should have voice, right? We should find a way to do that. But we need to figure out if you wanted to say, tell me all the chicken sandwiches. And if it said chicken sandwich, 15 15 calories, that'd be classic. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Chicken sandwich, 15 (laughs) calories and $3. And then it says, you know, say when you're ready to grab that one, but then it moves to the next one, double chicken, 30 calories, $6. And it just keeps reading. Do you, it, you know, as, as 
as it is for me, if I heard something and I didn't want it, I just keep moving. I don't listen to the rest. Yeah, that's right. And can we turn around and add things like skip, 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 you know, mm. stuff like that so that it gives a, and I don't know where we are today on this. I think this is something we need to keep watching. But when, you know, there's, we've always had people who say, well, all you need in life is Siri or all you need in life is, is, hey, Google or whatever. I, I've now just set off every alarm in everybody's well house. Yeah. Um, oh, I left out Alexa, sorry. Um <laughs> My father-in-law, when he got one of those, he kept yelling at my daughter because my daughter's Lexi. So he's like, hey, Lexi. He's like, <laughs> but like the, you know, I think there's a mix. That we have to figure out how we get the proper feedback from these voice um, AI tools so that a blind user has the same experience and doesn't find it cumbersome. The, the closest example of this that comes to mind today is Be My Eyes and then you Be My AI. Sure. Which is the closest to it. I was in a restaurant. I you know, took an, an image of the menu and I queried the Be My Eyes app and I said, you know, is there cheesecake on here? And I said, yeah, there are three types of cheesecake. And it told me them. And it was that exact type of response I wanted. It wasn't one, cheesecake, two, this type of cheesecake, three, that type of cheesecake. It, it just said it in very sure. natural language. And that's what we want. That's the, these are the dots we want to join up, right? And it must be really challenging to to build that into this technology, or at least the, the desire at the moment is perhaps there. And it's just the, how do we make this work? I would say that we're, we're just feeling good that we're moving forward with people who are doing technology like this, mm. that now if we started adding that mix, it's going to take another few years to get it right. Yeah, And that's not a bad thing. We just have to recognize that, um, you know, what, what someone's thinking about from a voice input and all this great AI stuff that's happening in that space um, versus screen reading, there has to be figure out a way to, to, to bring all of that back um, so that the screen reader user, the, this, the person who needs text to speech can totally engage with this stuff. And, and I think it's exciting, but we need to push the envelope and make it work. And in theory, this could extend to JAWS itself when you think about it, right? This could actually become sure. the new way we, uh, we scour the web for information instead of navigating by headings and lists and links and articles and whatever else, instead of that, we just query a web page. You know, I want to read the latest news from this news website. I want to order this from Amazon. And it just goes off and finds it for us. That's where we want to get to. And screen readers could could get there, right? Yeah. Like skip all the nonsense, skip yeah. all the noise. It, the, the, the question is, will people use those features if they already have that something on their phone? Right. Um, mm. What they use at a computer can be different. Yeah. I always talk about consuming versus creating. And what we do on a PC is more creating. What we do on a phone is more consuming. Yeah. And um, I think if we look at it from that perspective, sometimes those things are perfect for a phone versus, say, what you need to do while sitting at a desk um, or sitting with a laptop on your lap. And there we go. That was Matt Ater joining me. A really interesting conversation, Sean. I think you'll agree. Yes. And uh, worthy of our two-part special uh, here on AMI-audio and on podcast. Don't forget, you can uh, download and subscribe to the show as a podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, good ones and bad ones, 
including this one. I don't know which category you would put this one in. Good. Again, like I say, I don't judge you on choice, okay? <laughs> uh, listen, keep in touch as well. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1-877-803-4567 is our call-in number. You can call and leave me a voicemail, and we'll play it out on the air for everyone to hear and contribute to as well. Uh, that is it for us today. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.